Happy Turkey Day. Happy Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and not only Thanksgiving, maybe even more than that. Rosh Chodesh Tov. Rosh Chodesh Tov. Today's show is dedicated to Yudin Ishmael, Yehuda ben David, Shimon ben Yisrael, Yitzchak ben Shalomo, Yaakov ben Moshe, Yeshua ben Yitzchak, Benjamin ben David, Rachel bat Yosef, Osnaf bat Yehuda, Yaakov ben Benjamin, and for the Rufuah Shlimav, Shemuel ben Rachel, Esther bar Chana, Dan ben Esther, Yehuda ben Esther, Yosef ben Yafai, Nisan ben Chana, and the Rufuah Lahem. We said we know him. Thank you. I just heard this. Hope everybody's doing well. So today we are talking about Taref. Well, taref means a non-kosher animal, mm-hmm. uh, a certain type of non-kosher animal. So, kama gedolim So the laws of an animal being kosher and non-kosher in the area of trefot are very complicated. So we have uh, several types of animals that could be non-kosher. There are some animals that are just non-kosher from the outset. It's not possible for them to be kosher. The Torah says this is a kosher species. Cow is a kosher species, lamb is a kosher species, and then there are species that are just not kosher. Pig is not kosher and can never be kosher. A, a dog or a cat are always non kosher and can never be kosher. Now, then, even within the kosher species, they have to be slaughtered and prepared in a certain way in order to be kosher. So, there's one type of way that it can become non kosher, which is nevela. Nevela means that it was not slaughtered properly. So he's not talking about this over here. Um, Nevela is uh, someone shot the animal, or the animal died of other means, other than kosher slaughter, or there was a problem with the knife, that the knife was not completely smooth, uh, 100% at the time of shechita. So all of those uh, make an animal non-kosher as well, and that's called a nevela, because it was not slaughtered properly according to halakha. And then there's another type of animal that could still become non-kosher. It's a kosher species, and it was a kosher knife, but it's still a non-kosher animal. And what's that? And that's a terifa. A terifa means that it had some kind of blemish, um, which renders it an animal that is, according to those blemishes, that an animal is not going to live. It was not going to survive. It was unhealthy, the animal, and because the animal was unhealthy and not going to survive, if it has one of these uh, 70 trefot, there's 70 blemishes that a shochet has to be aware of, and one who checks as an animal has to be aware of, if it has one of those 70 blemishes, the animal is not kosher, even if you the shechita is kosher. Even if there is a kosher shechita, the animal is non-kosher if it has one of those three foot. This so happens after they do the shechita. So after the shechita is usually they, they check. check. They yeah, check. they check the animal. So sometimes you can see on the shechita right now, but the internal ones have to be checked after shechita. And a shochet has to learn the anatomy of an animal. They have to know anatomy and they have to know at least some of the basics of what makes a trefa or not. Um, and the main part that is usually is required to always be checked internally, that you have to actively uh, check it to make sure, is the lungs of a larger animal. Right? So when it comes to poultry and when it comes to chicken, and he's going to reference this easier, it's a little bit easier, the kashrut of chicken and turkey, because it's not required to check the lungs. Obviously, if they notice a problem and they notice an issue, then it's obviously non-kosher, but you're not obligated to check the lungs. But when it comes to a larger animal, like a lamb, a cow, 
uh, part of the process of shechita always, 100% of the time, is the shochet, or sometimes it's another person who's uh, does it like nowadays just for efficiency sometimes they just have one person who does the shrita and they have another person who Check. checks the lungs but they have to actually stick their hand in the lungs and they have to make sure that there are no adhesions and that the the lung has no problems and has no blemishes and the the cleanest and best uh, type of lung out there is what they'll call nowadays chalak you know it's, uh, it's completely smooth Right, it's smooth. Sometimes uh, there's one kind they say, like chalak shayish, smooth as marble. Right, there's uh, um, zero, zero infection, imperfection, so uh, nothing at all. Anyway, charge us more because of that. that uh, I mean, there's personnel that uh, have to do all of this. They have to hire people to to do this. No, when they find so, the animal which is like the, oh, so the when they find so that depends on the arrangement they have with the slaughterhouse. Sometimes they're able to sell it to goyim. Sometimes they they can't, and there's nothing to do. But part of the they can sell it to them so that it goes to the non-kosher. This is, uh, no, this is for the non-kosher. For the, for the non-kosher distribution. I understand, but by selling it to a goyim, by default we we are, we are acknowledging, you know, that that is okay to eat non-kosher to non to non-Jews. Oh yeah, I'm saying there are. Uh, yeah, it's an excellent point. So there are certain types of non-kosher that we say are forbidden to benefit from, which means that we cannot eat, nor can we benefit from it. You can't gift it, you can't give it to a non-Jew. So for example, chametz on Pesach, right? If a person happens to have possession of chametz on Pesach, or gets ownership or possession of chametz on the day on Pesach itself, um, you have to destroy it, you have to burn it, you have to get rid of it. You can't even give it to a non-Jew because you can't benefit from it in any way. Um, or meat and milk. If meat and milk were cooked together, uh, so meat and dairy basar chalav is prohibited to benefit from. You can't enjoy it, you can't give it to a goyim also. But when it comes to this at the slaughterhouse, so there, you could have a slaughterhouse that has a deal with the non-Jewish companies that if we have animals that end up non-kosher, exactly. you can take the animals and you sell it to goyim. Uh, you know. It's a business. It's a yeah. business. At the end of the day, it's a business. It again, it doesn't have any hashkacha on it, doesn't have any kashrun. Uh, nobody's putting an OU on it, nobody's putting an OU on it. They're not giving it to Jews, and hopefully, <coughs> Jews aren't going to eat it from them, even Amen. if they. <laughs> even if they well, yeah. My point was a little yeah. different. You know? It's like, I understand it's a business efficiency for practicality, that's what you do. But if, I, if you look back in principle, okay, aren't as Jews, aren't we supposed to grow? Our Judaism around the world. So yes. if we are, we are if we are confirming that humanity can eat unkosher meat by letting them have it, yes, are we saying that? It's a little yeah. We have certain laws and standards that yeah. we say are for ourselves. That uh, and actually, it's very interesting because the, there's a Mishnah that says the opposite. That if a person cannot just send a, if let's say you have a, meat, a piece of meat that became non-kosher. Um, so you can't just give it to a goy, you can't just give it to a non-Jew because he might think that you're giving him kosher meat. And if he that's, thinks that if he thinks is. that you're sending him kosher meat, then he thinks that, okay, this is something that's more valuable to him because it's he, he's giving me a present or she's giving me a present of something that he or she would actually eat themselves. 
And since they would actually eat it themselves, it's more valuable to them, and it's a greater gift that they're giving. You have to be honest with them, and you have to say that this is actually a non-kosher piece of meat. And part of, not part of why I'm giving it to you, but uh, you should know that I'm not allowed to eat this, and I'm giving it to you as a gift because I want you to have it. But they shouldn't think of it as like, oh, he went out of his way to give it to, to, give it to me as if, because you're misleading them. You're misleading them if you don't tell them. So if there's something that became non-kosher and we can't use it, but we can give it to a goyin, we can give it to a non-jew, and we want them to, we want them to eat it. You want to, th- you don't want to waste something that, yeah, that doesn't cow. have to be, doesn't cow. have to be thrown out. But, it's not kosher. but you have to tell them that this is non-kosher to yeah. our standards. I would not eat it. I cannot eat it. A Jew, oh, okay. a Jew so is not declare, able to eat yeah, it. You're making a declaration. Yeah, so you have know, to tell them know. so that they know. So you're not misleading them. So you're yeah. not misleading them because okay. otherwise they think, wow, he loves me so much. They care about me so much. That's called nevadat. Wow, they care about me so it's much. Like they love me. so don't have this, this declaration you can blur the lines and confuse people into yes. thinking you know that that's exactly insane. you're allowed, this is what this is the source of the prohibition of misleading people uh, you know another example a similar example that came up is uh, I was I was going to oh they used to have big barrels of wine once you break the barrel and open the once you open the barrel it's gonna go bad very soon so you have to use all of it so you know you have somebody who comes over to your house now I was already going to open it tomorrow uh, anyhow. anyhow I was gonna open it in honor of the guest that I was gonna have for Shabbat. Uh, somebody happens to come over to me we're digressing right now but somebody happens to come over to me uh, I open the barrel and I say oh I'm opening it in your honor uh, just because you came to me I'm op- <laughs> look 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 I'm opening it that's not good now they think wow you know he opened the barrel in my honor he didn't you have to let him know that's you have to tell him I'm having guests coming soon. I'm gonna I was gonna open the barrel anyhow, anyways, anyhow. and I'm opening it now, and I want you to enjoy from it as well that that we can enjoy it together. But it's prohibited to mislead somebody and to say oh, I'm doing it for you. I'm just opening it for you, and who knows what I'm gonna do with the rest of it? But I'm just opening it so be- difficult, because Rabbi, you're here. So difficult. So the that's very laban like. So these are mis- <laughs> very laban like. Exactly, exactly, that's very laban like. So these are Mishnayot that the Zerah Hashem maybe we can learn one time. But today we're learning about Trefot. So Trefot, the laws are complex. So he says, Ashre Ish, happy and praiseworthy is the person, Yireh et Hashem was God-fearing, Sheyuchal lizaher shelo lecholim behema ba shehora bachacham sheyiterepa, um, praiseworthy is the person who's able to hold himself back from not eating any meat that even has a question on it. And there was, the Gemara says there were some tzaddikim that whenever, nowadays you don't know when there's a question because it's happening at the factory. Yeah, because and the factory has their own rabbis so many, who are dis- so deciding much. what to do. I, so I was at the Empire Factory. I went to the, and anytime they had it, they, they're doing dozens and dozens and do- 60,000 chickens a day wow. uh, <laughs> they're doing there wow. and one out of every however many uh, is might have a question and they put it on the, on the board the side they yeah they put it on the board they have a different line uh, hanging when they have a question they're not sure about something they just put it up there and when the rabbi the rabbinic expert comes and he sees that the chickens are standing are, are there hanging on that line he checks them to see if they're good and if they're okay he puts them back and if not they they it's take like it out diamonds. of the circulation but we don't know about this here he's talking about you have questions that there's an argument between the rabbis the majority of the rabbis thought it was okay and they looked at it and said it was okay but there was even one rabbi who said no then so a person who's God-fearing says there was one rabbi who said it's not, I'm not good. Gonna eat it. I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to I'm going to stay away from it. 
So He said, this is the highest level of piousness. This wow. is one of the highest levels of piety. What's the highest level of piety? It's to close your mouth. <laughs> Shut up and don't eat. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> if you care about your soul, you care about your life, uh, put a knife in your throat, so to speak, and don't eat. Close your, close your mouth. A person who guards his mouth and his tongue, he guards himself from all kinds of problems. The Rambam says exactly like we said. One who guards his mouth from talking and from the speech that comes out, but Shomer, but also one who, what's the Shono? One who guards uh, what, what goes, goes in, in, what goes in. One who guards out, out and in. in. The less we in eat, the better. Really, especially in this generation, especially in this generation, the less we eat, the better. But also because there's a could be a prohibition from the Torah to eat from this meat. So anybody who distances himself will and is strict about eating and drinking. Because the body grows with that isur, with that prohibition. If this is a non-kosher animal, it becomes part, part of, of your body. It becomes part of your body. So, wow, wow. You have to be very, very kosher. <laughs> now we so, don't know. So what happens? Uh, so so we ha- we that's why we have to trust a good kashrut and we have to trust a good ashkacha and we have to check that whenever there's a kosher sign on something that the people behind it are really trustworthy and have the highest level of, of reputation that we can trust. So right, if, if the person's own uh, own body is growing through non-kosher, so it's, it becomes very difficult to learn. It becomes very difficult. It becomes a blockage, a spiritual blockage for a person. It becomes difficult for a person to learn Torah. You know when they when they eat non-kosher. And for the words of Torah to enter him, for him to come to love Hashem and to fear Hashem, even to have happiness in the right times of happiness becomes more difficult. And to be sad even at the times that you need to be sad, but you don't know how to be sad because a person has a spiritual blockage. There was a great rabbi called the Shla. You know, they, we call him Shla because he wrote a book that and he titled his book Shene Luchot Abrit. So, so Shla yeah, is an acronym of Shnei Luchot Abrit. But it, we also only specifically use the initials. Because you don't call your book Shnei Luchot Abrit. You know, my book is the two tablets that Moshe brought uh, for Moshe Abinu. So we don't call it by that name. We just call it the Shla. We just use the, use the acronym. So Shekhaniftam Rabo, Shnei Midoch Chokmah, uh, before his rabbi passed away, his, uh, he asked my rabbi, Tell me, what are the most important things for me to focus on um, as a Jew? And he said, Three things you should be exceedingly cautious about. Number one, Purify your thoughts at the times of relations with your wife. Be very cautious when you have relations with your wife to purify your thoughts. And that way you'll have children who are pure um, and children who have the highest level of Kiddusha and the best Nishamot for your children. This is number one. 
have kedusha in the bedroom. Number two, Second one, when it comes to kashrut, be careful about kashrut. So that your body only uh, grows with the purest of foods and that you have with you. And number three, Do not just look for the rabbis who are saying okay. Right? If there is something that there is an argument and there is a machloket, really learn it well and before, you be, before you're lenient on the issue. Don't be the guy, this is his instruction. Okay. Oh, there was one rabbi who said okay. Oh, but, exactly. but there's 999 who oh, said... The one, the, the one, he said okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? There was one rabbi. What kind of a rabbi? <laughs> Watch out for it. A rabbi who didn't learn two cents can't read Hebrew. <laughs> so they, put, they put the name rabbi behind him or behind her. So here they said, who's a true Talmud Chacham? A person who he himself uh, calls his own meat non-kosher um, if there's a question that comes with it. He wouldn't eat of his own meat. That's a truly honest person. A true Talmud Chacham that he has a question on his own meat in his own house. And he withdraws and he says, no, I'm not going to have it. I'm going to consider it non-kosher. Even if it's something that if somebody else were to ask, maybe I'd be lenient. Maybe I'd say it's difficult for him. Uh, there are reasons. But, but from, for himself, he's strict. For himself, uh, he wouldn't eat. Because I want to follow all the opinions. I want to follow him. So yeah, maybe even the halakha, the normative halakha is that it's mutar. Maybe for somebody else I would be lenient, but for myself I'm strict. You know, this is the way of chachamim. Uh, sometimes be stricter a little bit on yourself. Chas to be the opposite. To be strict on others when somebody else asks, but for myself I'm lenient. <laughs> for myself I consider it to be to be okay. Um, it's not easy to find an animal um, which is kosher according to all opinions. That really every single book in this chalak shayish is not the majority of animals to be at that level of kashrut. It's very hard to fully keep this. I'm inspired by certain pious individuals that I know. Who, people who I've met. They only eat poultry because they're, they're afraid of meat in general, always. So he said, I met certain people, they only have poultry, meaning they only have chicken and turkey. <laughs> After you for Thanksgiving, they'll have turkey. <laughs> Chicken. But the meat is very good. I think it's the best meat in the business. <laughs> so, um, so it's a very it's a very high level it's a very very high level you know it can be expected of everybody and the other thing is be cautious about eating in other people's homes we spend a lot of time uh, you know honor others and respect others there are places where you can't get out of it but don't eat too much in other places it'll be very healthy for you don't eat too much in other people's houses 
and at parties, don't eat too much either. Also, oh, that's for sure. This is very important for the shochatim to know very well the laws. They should have fear of God and should tremble every time they're making a ruling on whether an animal is kosher or non-kosher, and they should learn every issue inside out to know it very well. They should fear God and be God-fearing. To give non-kosher to the Jewish people. And as much as they can to be strict, they can sell it to Goyim and give it to Goyim. And then all the better, it's fine. Uh, Hashem should give us the zechut to keep kosher. But at least we can have turkey. Yeah, we can have turkey. Everybody have a wonderful day. Happiest Rosh Kodesh, happiest Thanksgiving. Happens to be on Rosh Kodesh.